We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. On 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We always enjoy talking to Stacey Dale. She's the best. And she joins us now on the score hotline powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. She was uh, at the NFL, NFC title game. Fun game. Strange to see how the Lions couldn't finish it, but that's life. How are you, Stacey? Great to catch up. Good morning, guys. Um, great. Uh, it was uh, an incredible atmosphere. I was just telling Dustin I got about two hours on the the flight back uh, on the red eye, and uh, I'm kind of hitting the ground running this week. I, I always like to take the red eye back to get back to work on Monday, but I don't know. That was uh, I had a lot of Lions fans on my flight who were a little salty and dejected, and I think if you saw Dan Campbell in the tunnel. You know, he, he talked to Tom Rinaldi on on camera afterwards, and I just remember Tom coming out of it. And you can watch the interview, but, I mean, he had tears in his eyes. He had tears in his eyes on the podium, and so it was a really emotional side there. But then you're on the field with the Niners, and it's overwhelming, really. Stacy did a great job post-game with all of the 49er color and sound, and then you get on the red eye and you come back and you – Make it for your nine o'clock hit. Thank you very much for doing that. When you answer the question, did the Lions lose this game or did the 49ers win it? How difficult is that to answer? Well, it's almost 50 50, and I wouldn't have missed this. I love joining you guys. You know that. Um, it's almost 50 50. I mean, when I talked to Trent Williams on the field and I said, What did Kyle Shanahan say to you at the half to flip the switch on this thing? And and he said, basically, like, we gave them the first half. But then you're in the Lions locker room and you're at any player's locker, which I was Taylor Decker, Frank Ragnow, Amon Ross St. Brown, David Montgomery, like every, almost they all said in unison at, at different times in their scrums that we gave them the game. <laughs> so I, yeah. I actually asked Frank Ragnow, the center for the Lions, I, I said, what, what hurts the most about this? Because you guys were in control. He said exactly that. We are we had control of that thing and and we let it out of our hands. I said right after, you know, I'm watching this thing in the first half and the Lions um, obviously went into the halftime leading 24 to seven, and that 24 ended up with a field goal with less than fewer than 10 seconds left at the end of the first half, and I that was my biggest issue on in terms of decisions by Dan Campbell I I actually I don't he he is since he entered the league or since he took over as the head coach of of the Lions nobody has more calls and successful calls on fourth down than Dan Campbell it's who they are it's like they you know they want to put grab your neck and strangle it this year especially 
And he decides with, it basically would have been first and three or first and goal, but three yards to go, goal, goal to go. And he, he calls it for a field goal. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. They had an opportunity with like six, I, I can't remember six seconds left to, to score a touchdown, go into the half up 21 points and they did not And that to me was the turning point in the game. I set it at the half mm-hmm. and uh, you know, people kind of looked at it and thought, well, we'd rather have points. I, now for Detroit, for Dan Campbell, I would rather go into the halftime with a touchdown because you knew coming out of that thing, Kyle Shanahan was going to have a whole different chapter in that game. And that's exactly what happened. They, they, they kicked a field goal to start the second half. And then Brandon Ayuk had that incredible miraculous catch that changed. That was, that was the second turning point for me when, when he caught that ball 51 yard catch. I, I, I agree with what you're saying, Stacey, about their character and what they do. I felt that they they did not manage the clock at all at the end. They were moving so slow and letting time go that by the time they got down there, it, you know, had they had they moved a bit quicker to get there. And yeah. that, I'm, I mean, I'm literally watching the clock go. The last minute of that was crazy. They they had the ball right after the two minute warning, right? And they just mm-hmm. let the clock tick away, and they showed no real urgency. Then when they got to that position, now you're just like, okay, you, you, you know, there's no time to do anything, so you're either gonna take the field goal or or off you go. And um, yeah, I, I just thought that was weird. I I got I love that guy, Dan Campbell. He's a really good yeah. guy, and he's a very emotional guy. And it was bizarre to me to see him basically say no regrets about going it for going for it uh, on fourth down whatever that was, yeah. a fourth and three instead of a 48-yard field goal in the fourth quarter, by the way. And and then and then he's kind of, we might not be, be here again. Like, it was like a therapy session for the guy. Yeah. Well, you're right. And it's, it's he's so emotional. But, like, you, I, I have to remind myself, too, you know, when you look at San Francisco, they now – have 38 playoff wins in NFL history. That is the most in NFL history. The Detroit Lions were in their second NFC championship game ever. That's Dan Campbell's first. Kyle Shanahan's been doing this dance for years. Like, they, they've been to three straight. And then I think big picture, which is really incredible to me, the 49ers are going to see the Chiefs. It's a rematch of the 2019 season when San Francisco, if you recall that Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, was up 20 to 10 with seven minutes to go, I believe, and Kansas City comes back and beats them 31 to 20. Like, so Kyle was on the flip side of, now this is an NFC championship, but blowing a lead to lose a, a, like a, a massive game. Like Dan Campbell's never been in that situation before. So imagine being in that environment and you're a head coach now in your third year. This is your real first biggest stage ever. And you've got to make certain calls and it comes down to your shoulders. I mean, David Montgomery said after the game, we trust Dan and every call he makes, we trust that it's going to work. But, 
you know, none of those guys, whether it's and, and, and Dan's been a part of a Super Bowl, all that stuff. But when you're the one making the decision, it's it's different. So you'll learn from that if you're him. And I think that entire roster will. But when you talk about Molly, like a therapy session, no team is ever the same in the NFL mm. after each year. No team is. Right. And so, like, you can have – that's why the teams with sustained success to me, like San Francisco and Kansas City and at one point the Patriots, you marvel at them because they're able to find ways to be consistently sustainable over the course of time. And we'll see if the Lions are that next year. But it's such a blow, really, for, for their group of fans and really, you know, that, that entire staff. Stacey, I thought Brock Purdy at times was a little shaky in the first half, and I felt like whether it was his body language or just the way he was throwing with authority, he had he's had more confident moments, and I think that the playoffs, mm-hmm. he started to wonder where this was headed. Second half, made some plays, and a lot of them came after the 51-yard kind of pass completion that should have been an interception but wasn't, and then he made some plays with his feet. Where do you think the San Francisco 49ers' confidence is in Brock Purdy now? He did make the plays when he had to. They are in the Super Bowl, and he is their quarterback. How much do they believe in him? I don't think they've waned in their their belief of him at all, David. I, I Yeah, he didn't have a good first, first half. He had a 39 passer rating. Um, he had a 133 passer rating in the second half. He didn't turn the ball over. Remember, he had a turno- a costly turnover. They're all costly. Uh, the Malcolm Rodriguez uh, turnover. And, you know, quarterback ratings are all about efficiency. And so he decided to keep the ball in his hands. He had 48 rush yards. Three of his carries surpassed 10-plus 10, 10 rush yards. And so he kind of took the game in his hands. Um, I thought he made good decisions in the second half. I mean, as Trent Williams told me in our post-game one-on-one, he's the reason we're going to this this pinnacle. Uh, when players say that, especially in emotionally positive moments, I believe them. Um, because especially players like Hall of, uh, future Hall of Famers, I believe that, and that have been to this moment and they couldn't get past this moment. Like, remember last year, Brock Purdy's injury in the NFC Championship game was – was the demise of San Francisco. Like, let's be real. You know, I'm kind of sick of the Mr. Irrelevant conversation about this guy because he's relevant. I mean, they win games. He executes the offense. He's, if you talk to Kurt Warner, his greatest gift is his ability to read defenses. That's what you want in a quarterback because then they get the ball out fast and it's going where it's supposed to go. Um, The one thing I think about Brock Purdy that gets overlooked is his base like physically, his base. If you're standing beside him like I was on the field in pregame warm-ups, he is so lower body stocky and, with all due respect, has like a caboose. <laughs> and that guy that guy has a power – that's where his power comes from. I mean, yeah, he's, he has come out and said Nick Saban didn't want him at Alabama because he didn't have – he wasn't accurate enough. He didn't have a strong enough arm, but – he has developed, they have developed him in San Francisco and he has the mind, but he also has it was his lower base. He, he, he generates so much power from that lower base. Um, and I think you saw it manifest on the ground and it's ironic because Detroit's run defense is outstanding. I mean, they were the second best run defense. They 
gave up no more than roughly 89 rush yards per game all season long. So um, they figured out how to beat Detroit in the second half, and that was how. And then they just sealed the deal with CMC at the end, and uh, everything was, was done. But, yeah, this guy's a player that they believe in, and I don't think that's really internally stopped all season long. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I I can't help but look at this and say to myself, like, what's to be preferred for the Bears, right? You see a guy Mm -hmm. like Mahomes and he gets there. And it's, you know, the the argument, well, he can't win in the, on the road. Well, he's never had to go on the road, so now he had to, and he's won a couple of games. Um, if you can get that player with the first pick in the draft, don't you have to do it? Versus mm-hmm. looking at the Niners and saying, wow, if you get a team with pro bowlers everywhere, you can win with a quarterback that it doesn't have to be a first overall pick. It doesn't have to be a guy – that has all the credentials. So that this dichotomy between the two teams has me wondering if it applies in any way to using the first round pick, whether it be to, to try to get as many assets as humanly possible or try to get a guy mm-hmm. who's going to make you a consistent winner. Yeah. It's such a, because we continue to be proved wrong, Molly, because of this, this Brock Purdy scenario and, you know, I, I've talked to analysts like DJ um, Daniel Jeremiah, who's our draft guru, right. and others, right. others around, others, others around the um, the niche of trying to evaluate these players. And part of kind of what went against Brock Purdy was his vast experience at the college level out of Iowa State. You know, when you have years of experience, and what you do is you put so much on tape that it's okay. You can pick apart a guy, right? Um, he had a pretty good combine. Like you get, you, there's so many variables involved. When I think about Patrick Mahomes and the fact that the Bears took Mitch Trubisky that year, and Patrick Mahomes falls to the Kansas City Chiefs, who were in love with Mahomes for really since I, I, I almost want to say, if in conversations with Brett Beach, like going back to it went way back, like not maybe not even just his freshman year, but they fell in love with this guy early. Like it was almost a weird obsession with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas city. So I'm just really curious to know where that falls with Ryan Poles and the bears. Do they have a fixation with one of these, whether it be Caleb Williams or Drake may, or, you know, Penix jr. Or Jaden Daniels. Like, do they have Bo Nix? Like is, is one of those guys, some somebody that Ryan pulls even this year, sort of it it all came together. Yeah, this is the guy we're going to go with, or is it not that direction? And I think it's such a perfect blend too of like, do you have the right coaches in place to make sure that you really maximize your offense around your quarterback? And that's what Ben Johnson did with Jared Goff. I mean, he has been open about the fact that 
we really, when we, when we got together, when we collaborated with Jared Goff, we looked at every single thing he did well, and then how do we amplify that? And then what can we create off of that? And the only thing Goff didn't do well this season was handle pressure. He had the lowest passer rating drop when pressured this season than any quarterback in the NFL. Now, I'm careful to say that because his offensive line was arguably the best in the NFL as well. Um, so it's hard to penetrate that group, my point being. But that was his, the only thing that really, you know, waves of pressure, and it showed up. I mean, Nick Bosa showed up. He hadn't had a sack in four games. He had two yesterday. So um, I, I, I just think it's got to be a perfect blend, Molly, when you're talking about who your guy is. And, it's, you, I mean, everything hinges on the position. It's simple to say, but it's true. Speaking of Ben Johnson, there are reports that he will be the next commander's head coach. I, I suppose in the context of what is next for the Lions, you've got to consider that. You hear Dan Campbell, who I think it was remarkable him talking. I know he was all over the map and almost therapeutic, as Molly said, like, well, we don't know if we're going to be back here. And they're going to lose their play caller. And I don't know what that's going to mean to their game day operation next year, Stacy. What do you mm-hmm. think it will have in terms of an impact on the Lions moving forward if they lose the brains of the outfit? Um, yeah, it's a great question. And Ben's actually been there in Detroit for a number of years, even prior to Dan taking over as the head coach. So that organization really loves him. And But he and, he and Jared have been kind of tied at the hip for the last two years, right, since he took over in the 22 season as the offensive play caller. It'll be interesting to see if somebody – um, within the staff, you know, I, I kind of looking at Mark Brunel and guys like that um, to see if, you know, Tanner Eggstrand, their pass game coordinator, I'm kind of like, do they, do they amplify within, do they promote within, or do they start to search? Um, because, yeah, I think Ben, I, I, I don't call it a foregone conclusion until it happens, but I think Ben Johnson will be gone the biggest thing that players love about Ben is that he listens to them and he allows input. And then he bases his game plan really obviously off of what the, I mean, you can look at the Bucks game really hard to run the ball against the Bucks. So they didn't, they threw it and they beat them in different ways and then sprinkled in some of the run game at the end with Gibbs to beat them. Well, going into the San Francisco game, you guys would agree. They controlled the clock on the ground for most of the game. And that, that hurts a team when you're able to run the ball and you don't win and you're up 24 to seven in the first half because you controlled the ball, like to run the ball against a, a defense like that. So it, it's going to be a huge loss for them and a huge gain for Washington for sure. I'm curious, Stacy. we'll let you go and appreciate your time and God bless you for taking that red eye. Um, I'm just curious if just your preliminary thought on the Super Bowl. I guess it's Niners mm-hmm. uh, plus minus one. So Patrick Mahomes yet again an underdog, but he's he's at a neutral site, so he's not on the road. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's it, so I'm so like it's just so funny, Molly, because like I'm when when Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl, I will never pick against him. If he come, if he comes out of retirement in five years and goes to a Super Bowl, I'm picking Tom. <laughs> <laughs> are you, are you if, if Purdy loses, he might be with the 49ers next year. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So uh, it's really hard. Now I'm I'm likely going to be covering the NFC side of things. So in Vegas, so um, I think this is a whole new world for Brock Purdy. But good news is he's surrounded by a lot of experienced guys that have been there and done that. So um, I, I I think collectively, obviously Patrick Mahomes is an anomaly. There's nothing like him. There just isn't. He's and Travis Kelsey was incredible over the weekend, and but I think in totality that that Niners offense is 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 better. And um, I mean they're they're just so hard to deal with when they do get the ball moving and they get it out quick. And I mean Debo, all this buildup about he's not going to play or he's got a shoulder injury, whatever, whatever. Wow. I mean, yeah, he led them in receiving yards on Sunday, so. <laughs> And he's, he, you can't tackle him. Like, it's, he's, he's a beast. And then, you know, I really – I'm going to be watching for Christian McCaffrey because the way he fell, you guys remember that last? Yes. On his head. He fell on his oh head. My, it yeah, looked like – yeah. And they were working on his neck a little bit. On he yeah. wanted to come out. Yeah. He wanted to come out. He raised his finger, and they put Elijah Mitchell in there who sealed the deal for him. Mm. But that's a concern for me. That's going to be the biggest concern for me right now heading into next week. Stacy, thanks a ton. Great stuff. Always a joy. Take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'm about to book some travel, but you guys rock. Thanks, Stacy. Talk to you next week. God right. bless that, Stacy Dales. Great stuff from her. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.